So good morning, everybody, um, and welcome to this Future Leaders um, webinar. This is one of the, the first live events we've done for quite a while, actually. We're, we're more used to doing podcasts these days than, than webinars, but we thought we'd give uh, the webinar a bit of a, a bit of a go and, and we'll be really interested in, in feedback from those that have attended today. So, and this is, of course, in partnership with Green Infrastructure Week. And we know there's a lot of activities going on this week um, from other partners of Green Infrastructure Week also. So be go go check those guys out and see what other events you can um, you can attend on there. So uh, today we're talking about community energy with um, Andy Colton, Connie Moore, and Phil Beardmore. Um, and the, the sort of I guess the question is: Is community energy vanity or vital? Um, and I'm I'm really interested in, in what what the folks have got to say on this today. So, if you can remain on mute, that would be wonderful. If you've got any questions, um, please put them in the chat, and we'll we'll include those at the end. We've got a bunch of things to get through today um, across the hour. As I said, we'll be recording it for those people that haven't been able to get in, and those people that registered but um, haven't been able to make it today and we'll, we'll send that around afterwards as well. So any questions along the way, I will look to include them in with the conversation um, or at the end, depending on uh, what the question is. So um, let's get into it. So uh, speakers, you can come off mute now if you wouldn't mind, because otherwise it'll be a bit of a silent conversation. Um, that'd be good. Hang on, there's somebody else trying to get in. Um, so, um, just to start us off then, so uh, Andy, if you wouldn't mind uh, introducing yourself and tell us what's brought you here today, and if and if your answer is because you invited me, then then it's going to be a short, short webinar, I think, Andy. Morning. Good morning, everybody. Thanks so much for joining. So, I'm Andy Colton. Um, I'm the founder and CEO of Energy, um, so trying to be um, the greenest supply <laughs> Who would start an energy business this climate? Um, it's not without its challenges, but um, yeah, certainly looking to try and make a real positive difference. In, in terms of what, why I'm here, um, got a real interest in community energy and um, you know, what, it's, what it's able to do. I've actually learned a lot about it myself from both of these guys who are on, uh, on the panel as well, for Phil, Phil and Connie. Um, so whilst I'm actually here to learn somewhat myself as well, but also to, to chip in where I can. So uh, re really looking forward to it. So, yeah, thanks, Ian. Cheers, Andy. Um, and Connie, can you tell us who you are and why you're here today, please? Yeah, so I'm Connie Muir. I'm the founder of Croydon Community Energy, uh, which is based in South London. We are uh, in the relatively early stages of our community energy journey as a group. Um, so I'm hoping I can bring a bit of a uh, beginning of the journey perspective um, compared to, to Phil and, and his group who's got more experience. Um, but yeah, hoping I can still offer uh, a perspective. And, and my sort of my day job is in the energy industry as well, so I very much live and breathe this sort of stuff. And um, hoping I can give some input. Thanks, Connie. Um, I don't know whether anybody there's a, there's a bit of crackling on your end, Connie. I don't know whether the mic has changed before we started or. So I'll mind. try. I'll try something else. Ah, cool. Thank you. Um, and just while Connie's dealing with the technical issues, Phil, would you mind um, introducing yourself as well, please? Yeah, I'm Phil Beardmore. I'm one of the founders of Community Energy Birmingham back in 2011. Um, I started off in community energy in about uh, 2001 
um, the West Midlands New Economics Group organised a study visit to uh, an organisation called Awel Amentowi in South Wales, uh, which had this vision of community-owned renewable energy. Um, and we went to see a mountain and they said to us, one day this mountain will have community-owned wind turbines on it. And, um, and it does, uh, and I'm a, a member of it. Um, but uh, so since 2011, I've been a volunteer of Community Energy Birmingham, um, <clears throat> which has grown steadily uh, during that time. Uh, in my day job, I'm an energy consultant uh, giving expert advice to householders, businesses, public bodies. Um, and also uh, I've helped one or two other people to set up community energy uh, co-ops as well. Cool. Thanks, Phil. Is, 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 is this any better? Ah, oh, that's much better, Connie. Right, okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. So um, with that in mind then, Connie, I'll, I'll jump, jump to you first then. So, um, so for those people that are new to community energy, can you kind of from your perspective and from your learning so far, you know, what, what is it? How do you explain it to, you know, people down the pub or to family members? Um, you know, so what, 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 how, where do you start with community energy? So the way, the way that I see it is kind of twofold. Um, so one main part of it is um, bringing renewable energy and low carbon technologies into your local community and that can be you know a group of people getting together and funding you know solar panels on a community center or you know getting a, a heat pump installed in your church or um you know something in your school um and that helps with you know energy savings uh you know money wise carbon reductions um so that's the sort of generation and technology side and then the other sort of key aspect of community energy is that um, profits and, and other sort of money generated goes directly back into your community for things that are imp important in your community. So that could be for things like fuel poverty uh, alleviation work, um, could be green skills training for, for you know either young people or people trying to get into um, you know green careers. Um, it, it's very much sort of whatever your community needs, it, it provides that that um, that assistance in in your community. Thanks, Connie. Um, anything you'd add to that, Phil? Um, I, I, th I think that's a really good uh, summary of community energy. I, 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 what I would add is that what you see not just in Britain, but across the world is the importance of, of cooperative uh, business models in community energy and um, most community energy organizations <coughs> adopt cooperative principles and cooperative business models um, <coughs> based upon the principles of autonomy, independence, um, democratic control of, of economic assets, democratic control of, of, in, of, of businesses um, and so it's no coincidence that most community energy takes a cooperative form um, and uh, and that makes it suitable for any community of interest or community of place, and and a community and a community can involve can involve be householders. It could be community buildings. It, it but communities also involve businesses, um, public bodies, and I think that the community energy model is is relevant um, it, to any type of of community of place or community of interest. Oh, thanks, Phil. Um, and Andy, as a, as a non-community energy person, 
Um, what's your what's your thoughts on both what Connie and Phil have said, but also, you know, the, the lay person's view on on community energy and what you hear from from others as well? Yeah, I think it's probably fair to say the vast majority of people don't don't know what it is. Um, I think that's probably fair to say. I, I've I've been in the industry or in and around the industry for a number of years, and it's only in the last few years, if I'm honest, that I've uh, that I've um, understood it better. Um, so I think um, I think that's one. I think another one is prior to the feeding tariff getting abolished. Um, I think it was a bit easier to to kind of make it work. And again, I, I know Phil's got a lot of experience and examples of of that in practice. So I think nowadays it's 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 it can be quite hard to, to get it moving. So I think maybe for some folks they might think uh, now it's just not going to it's not not going to be possible or there's no money in it. Uh, and again, it's probably not the, maybe not the right way to look at it. Um, so to Connie's point, is the value in the community in doing this, and not necessarily just to you know just to make profit. Um, so um, so yeah, that's probably about enough for, of that for me. <laughs> Cheers, Andy. Um, so so let's 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 get into that then. So we we talk about community energy, and I, I guess Phil, what I'm really interested in is, you know, do we do we really think? this can help with the greener future or or are we thinking too small scale is community energy too small actually i think that community energy needs to scale up um i think when we started off well i mean when i first came across community energy as i explained uh yeah tw- almost 20 years ago uh, there were people in wales looking at quite large scale generation of renewable energy from wind uh, but we were motivated by um, community-owned energy projects in in places like Denmark and Germany, where communities own significant energy assets through cooperative structures. Um, in Britain, we started off quite small, um, and I think there are still community energy initiatives that that are quite small. Uh, I don't think there's a problem with that, but there comes a time when we have to scale up. And I think Andy said pointed out that the feeding tariff has gone. Um, that makes some smaller projects un, un, unworkable. Um, and so we do need to scale up. And I think that what has happened in the last few years is that some community energy organisations have scaled up in terms of um, community level retrofits um, of homes, but, all, um, but also community generation of energy, um, community, community renewable electricity, community renewable heat. Um, and you can see those projects scaling up. Uh, some of them are geographical projects based in, you know, parts of the country that are blessed with renewable energy resources. But one of the most significant ones recently is Ripple Energy. Um, Ripple Energy is, uh, is, is owns uh, wind turbines and you can buy the uh, electricity. If you're a customer of Octopus Energy, you can buy the electricity and, and you receive that in the form of a discount on your bill. And this is a whole new application of community energy. So we need not only to scale up, but to look at new business models. But I think, you know, I think people like Ripple Energy show that it can work, that we can have uh, community energy at scale. Um, and we just need to be more ambitious. Um, we, we need to we need to be more ambitious um the ambition of community energy needs to respond to the scale of the challenge and the scale of the challenge is a global climate emergency and a global energy crisis and you know millions of people who've never previously had to think about their energy bills being plunged into fuel poverty for the first time um and and in the absence of of solutions from the you know the most private energy companies obviously i exclude 
Hope Energy from that because Hope Energy are trying to do the right thing. But you know the kind of energy companies that I, I mean, that the uh, the collapse of the, the, the demise of innovative energy suppliers and the lack of a lead from, from government, um, then I think it's even more vital that we, we meet the scale of the challenge. And I think just, just to, add, to add to that, so I think you're absolutely spot on. And I've, on some of the other podcasts, Ian, you, you and I have done, we've, we've talked a bit about this, where it does seem to be that it's down to the likes of Connie and Phil and, you know, you and I and maybe some of the people who are on this webinar as well. It's, it seems to be it's, it's now our responsibility to try and fix this problem, you know, this kind of climate emergency, because government doesn't seem to be doing enough Um you know, it may not be short-term profitable enough for, for many businesses, I'm not saying all businesses, but a lot of businesses. So um, I, I'm not sure that's right, but it is what it is. And thankfully, we've got people like Phil and Connie trying to trying to do this sort of stuff. So it's, it is frustrating, though. It is, it is frustrating because it shouldn't, I don't, I don't think it should be down to us to try and, you know, individually save the world, but yeah, hey-ho. Cheers, Andy. Um, Connie, just sort of thinking about, the scale of, of community energy is there a, is there a point do you think where it could get too big and lose some of the values of what community energy is and how do you how do you stop that from happening if that if if that was to happen? Yeah, I definitely think that 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 is a risk. Um, I think it's just vital that from the very beginning groups sort of lay out their their vision and and you know mission statement and goals and things like that and just keep referring back to them and ensuring that what they are doing is within their own communities and and is what's best for for the community um you know I, yeah it is i think it will it will be tough um but i don't think it's it's almost we don't really need to i don't think we need to worry about that yet just because there is still so much scaling up to do before we even get there and hopefully by then you know there'll be so many community energy groups that every, you know every single town or you know parish or, or whatever ha has their own sort of group um i just think that in order to scale up there are still so many blockers um that you know us as a new group have experienced um things like coming from the top down you know our, our local authority has been really tricky to deal with they, uh, they just don't have the right knowledge in the team or they don't have the capacity or the money or anything like that so that that's been a real blocker in us you know scaling up and doing more projects um i think andy mentioned earlier is that just people just don't know about it and you know the education side of things going into you know a local school that we're working with and explaining to them what it is and um yeah just just not enough people know about it so that's that's um, a bit of a blocker as well um and then i mean there, there is more funding available and you know the, the recent sort of vat cuts to things like solar panels is going to really help but um i just think at the moment concentrating on scaling up is you know it, that, that that's what we should be doing and I, I i just can't see it being that much of an issue as long as it's all you know as long as you are working within your local community and um yeah the more groups the better really because then that will stop yeah, that, that will just confine people to their, their own community, make sure it is really local. Okay. And, and probably a, a, a sort of a joint question for both you and Phil then is, is there, is there anybody actually responsible for building community energy? And if there is, do they, do they have a view of what 
it needs to get to to support our sort of carbon neutral future? Do, do we do we know how many community energy projects we need? And is is somebody does somebody have that target? Um, community Energy England um, is is a, an association of community energy co-ops in England. There are equivalents in Wales and Scotland as well, and there is the um, you, there is a European federation of which we're, we're still allowed to be part of. Uh, I'm pleased to say, but um, and and so at a voluntary level, those organisations are see community energy at a national and international level as being it's their responsibility to make it grow and I think community energy England does a brilliant job at, at representing the community energy sector sharing good practice um, and the same goes for the, their equivalent in Scotland and Wales as well um, in terms of is, is anybody in government responsible for this in, in central government not really but I think occasionally you'll see in regional and local governments um, so in London for example you know the mayor of London has a thing called the London Community Energy Fund um, and you know Greater London sees itself as having a responsibility uh, to make sure community energy happens um, that there is a, a similar fund in the northwest of England um, from Electricity Northwest which is a private electricity company and you know um, they they have taken the decision to to have a fund to support community energy, but it's not just about money. There are local authorities um, in some parts of the country that are very supportive of community energy. That doesn't mean throwing money at it. We're starting to re-establish a relationship with uh, Birmingham City Council. Um, other uh, community energy organisations have relationships with their local authority. Um, and so, yes, there are examples of, of, of local authorities and even energy companies that support it. Uh, so community energy is essentially a voluntary movement. It's a bottom up grassroots movement. But that doesn't mean that we can't work with official institutions. Yeah. And, and, and the, I know the government has have, you know, really ramped up their, their targets for um, generation in the UK. I think it's, it's set at 40 gigs now. And um, you know, it, the community energy can own, is only going to help meet that target. And, you know, th the more sort of localised renewable energy is going to take pressure off the grid. And, you know, it's, yeah, I think, yeah, we're, we're, there, there aren't sort of official community energy targets, but I'm sure, you know, anything that groups are doing is going to only help work towards that national government target as well. Yeah, and there's a question in the chat from Carl, uh, thanks for that, Carl. And is is there a, a, a policy shift, a policy shift needed to accelerate the move to community energy? I, I think yes, there is. And I think one of the things that one of the key asks really is for policymakers to see community energy as a mainstream uh, solution. Um, and so, you know, when local authorities or other bits of government or businesses or housing providers. You know, there is a, everybody is developing a low carbon strategy. Everybody, you know, lots of organizations in all sectors are, are saying, yes, we recognize this as a climate emergency. Yes, we want to reduce our emissions. We want to go net zero or whatever terminology they use by 2040. Um, the problem is, do people have a strategy to get there? And if they do, is it a business as normal strategy? And I think what we would ask is for community energy to be part of that strategy. Community energy is not the whole solution to decarbonisation of, 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 of any 
uh, any location, but it is definitely a part of it. And and I think we would ask for it to be seen as a mainstream and for people to think, how can we how can we engage community energy or develop community energy and help it to grow? And there is also um, power for people are also campaigning to get the local electricity bill um, through at the moment. And that's to allow uh, community energy groups to supply locally to um, I think it's to domestic customers and just sort of act as a as a, as a local um, a local supplier. So um, that's also a big policy movement that's backed by, I think, over 300 MPs or a lot anyway so that's another big policy uh, shift that's in progress and there's a question from ted ted burke um thanks for that ted is there a ch- any chance of campaigning for the feeding tariff to be reinstated i i think the biggest look at what are the big priorities and where are the big wins going to happen we need to decarbonize heat we need to decarbonize transport we need to decarbonize buildings we need to decarbonize the heating of buildings um i think we're now at a stage where solar and wind are less and less needing of subsidy um if if you know somebody wrote me a blank check then then my personal choice would be you know making build decarbonizing the heat supply to buildings through better insulation um better heating controls and um and and more energy efficient heating systems sometimes gas but increasing the heat pumps and that's i think that's where we need i mean that's where we need to maintain an increase of subsidy and so for example that you know the the level of subsidy that is available for renewable heat is not adequate there is the business the, the boiler upgrade scheme which will install about 30,000 heat pumps a year. That's not adequate to the scale of the challenge. It is, uh, there is some funding for insulation measures. I, I'm working with the West Midlands Combined Authority on a social housing decarbonisation fund scheme, which funds insulation in social housing. Great scheme, but it's only a few hundred homes. That funding is too limited. There is, there is not an equivalent for the private sector um, so there are big gaps in funding in terms of decarbonisation of the heat supply of, of homes and businesses. And, and that's what I would regard as a priority for, for subsidy rather than uh, wind and solar, which is getting to a stage where it's, I mean, yeah, Ripple Energy, for example, is subsidising my electricity bill and other people's electricity bills through without you know largely without subsidy through a community energy approach that is crowdfunded through community shares um and 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 therefore we can survive without the feeding tariff well um just connie you mentioned the grid earlier i just wondered um what sort of involvement what sort of engagement have you both had from national grid up until this point as far as you know, clearly you're going to be generators of the future to, to help balance the grid. Um, do, do they engage with you? Uh, have, they, have they got a programme of, of community outreach people or what, what's, the, what's the deal there? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen much. I mean, from an early point, an early stages point of view, I haven't seen too much. I know there's definitely a, a distribution 
isn't it a distributor that runs a few sessions is it western Western power networks or something like that um but in terms of sort of proactively reaching out to to say our group i haven't i haven't seen anything Hmm. interesting phil any anything you'd add to that do you know much about the grid getting a bit more involved yeah, I mean, Connie's right. Western Power Distribution, who are the um, electricity distributor in uh, the, the West Midlands, uh, South Wales, southwest of England, they're, they're quite active on community energy. Um, they have a website, they have um, a, a fuel poverty mapping tool, which I think is absolutely fantastic, and I use it regularly. Um, they've recently appointed a person whose job is to encourage community energy although I haven't managed to catch up with him yet, but that's, you know, not nobody's, nobody's fault. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, Electricity Northwest have a, a fund, but I think the picture's uneven um, in terms of what, the, you know, uh, electricity and uh, gas di- distributors and um, network operators and uh, do to support community energy. Um, but I mean, the reality is that, you know you that if you're connecting to the national yeah if you if if you're building a grid connected wind turbine or solar farm then yes you do need a relationship with them but there's a lot of stuff you can do in community energy that is that that you don't need that sort of partnership for and, and one of the growth areas that i'm really interested in is um is 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 retrofit of housing and the provision of impartial advice to householders because you know we, in addition to generating renewable electricity and heat we do and you know uh, decarbonizing transport we do need to make our homes more energy efficient um there is a lot of interest in doing that um and i mean in my day job you know i'm snowed under with householders and businesses that that need my help um and there is a lack of impartial advice um because people don't know where to start people want to retrofit their homes and they don't know where to start um and so they need what they need impartial advice to tell them what to do next and they need impartial advice to help them to find people that will do the the job that they want and because you are starting to see mis-selling of energy saving measures again um i'm seeing people being sold uh electric batteries to go with solar panels that they don't necessarily need. Um, I'm. I think you will start to see selling of, of heat, mis-selling of heat pumps, um, and other solutions. Um, and so, people need impartial advice on what to do and and how to how to how to get it. Um, and I think the community energy groups have a, a vital role in this. And 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 some of them are already starting to do it. Um, we're starting to do it on a small scale in Community Energy Birmingham. Um, I, some of our peers around the country are, are doing the same thing. And you've got organisations like the Carbon Co-op in, in the northwest of England um, that provide a retrofit advice service to householders. Um, and so, you know, we have a role to play in that as well. And I think that's an increasingly important one because, I, I you know, there is market failure in this. You know, people want to retrofit their homes they don't know where to go for impartial advice. It, it is part of our ethos to, to provide, you know, to be independent and impartial. Um, and 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 we're carbon first organisations. We're not profit first organisations. And there are people out there that are, you know, giving, you know, there are there are lots of people that, that 
there are lots of people out there that will i mean i recommend i you know i recommend installers of insulation and heat pumps and solar to to people that i know because i've worked with them for years that will will do the right thing for the clients but there are people out there that that that, that are just motivated by making a, a quick book out of people um and so there is a very important role for us to give impartial advice yeah i'm just just thinking andy as a as a future retailer listening to everything that that Colin and phil has said does it does it make you feel you know retail needs to get more involved with this or retail needs to back away because we've become part of the problem how does it how does it make you feel uh, firstly for, for carl who said great answers and some hope absolutely so thanks yeah hope energy give a quick look <laughs> um, I, I i think retailers do need to get more involved um because for a multitude of reasons but you know the prop the problem of climate change is, is not going away and i think some of the challenges so, you know, Connie and I know each other fairly well, and she's been telling me about her journey to try and get Community Energy Croydon set up. Um, it's so difficult, um, and there's so many hoops to try and jump through to try and do the right thing. Um, so I think, given energy suppliers are part of the problem, I think you could say, you know, because the generation is using coal and gas and everything has kind of created uh, a, lot, a lot of the challenges we have with the climate emergency so can energy suppliers help fund some of these you know projects um i, I definitely think there's, there's a role there to play if and when we, you know we ever get up and running ourselves that's certainly where where we want to um you know spend some of our cash absolutely right because it's it's definitely the, the right thing to do and just i just wanted to echo what both the guys have said about community energy it's not just you know solar panels on roofs you know okay, both of them have said this so it is around you know, fuel poverty and, and insulation, efficient lighting and, and whatever else. So it is more than just, you know, put, putting some solar panels on roofs. But yes, to your question, Ian, yes, I think suppliers should get involved as long as it's for the right reasons, you know, and it's not because they can see there's pound notes at the end of it. Um, so and not to greenwash. And not to greenwash. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Quite how we test that and quite how we assess that. And that's, that's a question. It's a good question. Mm. But I think... Um, yeah, I think I think it's um, the right thing to do. Cool, thanks, Andy. Um, so, so building up then, we're getting a really good story about what community energy is and what it isn't. Um, obviously, there's a there's a there's a positivity around what's going on here. There's a lot of hard work going into it, um, but it also sounds like a lot of community energy is a it's it's a second job for people. It's a it's a it's a volunteer thing is that something that will always be the case do you think connie or will it become people's sort of full-time jobs that because it just becomes so big i i think there is a place in the future for it to um you know in the same way that people get salaries from charities you know i think people will be able to you know to to work i mean Southeast London Community Energy, sort of a neighbouring uh, community energy group. They they have they've been going for um, for years, and they've got paid staff just because of how much work they've put into you know all these projects that they've got that are generating profit. To be able to have paid staff to actually dedicate their time to it, which is great. Um, and yeah, maybe and hopefully there'd be more funding in the future that covers you know not just the cost of so- solar panels or running a community share offer, but people's time. Um, and yeah, I, I do think that there is room for that in the future, but 
yeah it is uh, I think the majority of people you know in our group we're all volunteers um I've been lucky to sort of build up a, a really regular committed group of passionate volunteers who give um give their own time and it's you know I think where other groups have um some groups that there was a group that tried to set up in Croydon but they just could years ago but they couldn't quite get that right um so it is a lot of hard work to even just get yourself in the position to you know yeah because because people are working and they've got families and um yeah so but I do really hope in the future that there is room for uh you know a strong model that people don't have to um give up yeah um you know all, all the hours outside of their their day job yes absolutely um and just thinking then for for those that have listened today um and are now interested in in getting involved or where they might be at the start they've got a couple of hours free um what what's your 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 sort of route to sort of join into this uh, Connie and Phil how how might somebody get involved in in local community energy or set one up themselves well Phil you I, I just suppose you can go okay thanks um yeah if, if people if people are willing to get involved as volunteers um then um there's a number of there's a number of potential roles and I think Connie's right that you know there is a role for paid staff. Community NGU Birmingham has gone down that route because volunteers doing everything is not sustainable as we scale up. But that there will always be a role for volunteers. We will always be volunteer led. Um, I think we, as Community NGU Birmingham, um, have a challenge in terms of finding uh, volunteers that have a wider skills base than just energy um and also um you know and have business experience that that is transferable um and in that sense we're like any voluntary organization you know we need people that understand business planning financial strategy the law hr and those kind of things so we definitely need those type of people but i mean for we are now uh working in partnership with the big solar co-op and the big solar co-op um, one of the good things about that is is that if you volunteer for the big solar co-op then it spreads the load of volunteering far more effectively than hundreds of, of small community energy groups and so that you know that kind of collaboration means that it, it's more likely to be able to find a volunteer role that's that suits the person rather than having this sort of activist mentality where you you, you it, it feels as if you have to do everything all of the time and, and that's quite stressful um, so we need to create a psychologically safe space for in which people can volunteer and in which they don't feel they have to do everything all the time because that's what causes people to drop out um, um, and 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 so one you know we, we and so you need to develop volunteer policies and procedures and you know treat them like a proper volunteer um so um but i i, I think it, it, the other thing is that we we need we need new ideas as well um and those ideas might come from outside of the energy sector and so there's a group of people i've been working with in birmingham called civic square civic square is uh, a, a new approach to neighborhood regeneration that is quite creative and innovative and they have decided that you know they want to get into to neighborhood retrofit and they've set up this neighborhood retrofit project in the um, Summerfield area of Birmingham uh, if you follow Civic Square on Twitter you'll be able to see it 
um, and they've got a group of householders who are interested in retrofit. Um, they're capable of attracting funding. Um, I've been working with a group of householders to, you know, uh, uh, but the, but it also creates new new routes into volunteering as well. Um, so you know, so uh, Saturday I was in Summerfield, and somebody had somebody had baked some cakes. Um, and you know, so you don't need to be an energy expert. You just you you just need to know how to be part of a community, um, and 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 that is 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 very worthwhile. Um, so there's there's all kinds of routes in, and it doesn't have to. Yeah, you know, there is a certain model. There is a certain sort of archetype of a community energy activist, and it doesn't have to be like that. Hmm. I mean, I think that's sorry, Colin. I was just going to say, I think that kind of way of describing you don't have to be an energy expert you just have to know how to be part of a community i think that's a really neat way of pulling it together phil sorry connie go on no i was just going to say and in terms of um you know if you've looked in your area and you can't see that there's a you know a, a local group and you think oh maybe i'll have a go at setting one up um phil mentioned earlier community energy england uh, there's also community energy south community energy london as well and they all have really, I mean, I relied on them very heavily at the beginning. They've got you know, Community Energy London, which obviously is relevant to, to our group, um, have, you know, a 10 step, what you need to do. Um, I also, it was really easy and helpful to set up initial calls with people from these sort of network organisations. And even, you know, I spoke to pretty much on the map all the other community groups around us they were all like yeah absolutely you know we'll share our do's and don'ts and lessons learned and because it every, everybody that's in the industry wants there to be more community energy because then it'll be easier for you know it to, to, to scale up and funding and showing people that it's serious and important so um th there is a, a real good lot of resources and you know people's willing to to help available as well so um, which really makes it a lot easier if you want to to set up your own group. Um, yeah. Cool. Thanks, Colin. Uh, briefly, coming back to the group of people I've been working with, uh, Civic Square in um, in Summerfield in Birmingham. Uh, when I've been talking to householders, one of the first things I've said to them is, "Hey, I've asked them is, how did you get involved in this? What are your motivations for doing so?" And yeah, some people say it's because you know I want to keep the house warm. Some it's because about climate change. Um, some it's about the value of the house, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it, quite a few of them said I got involved because there is a sense of community in this street around wider you know, neighbourhood issues, and there is a sense of good neighbourliness. And and they got involved. Yes, they they were worried about the fuel bills. They were worried about the climate emergency. But the reason why they got involved is because there are people on that street who who make it their job to be good neighbours and to and to look out for people and 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 to be honest you can you know you can have PhDs in sustainable energy and have read every book imaginable but that is absolutely priceless the ability to have it to talk to your neighbours about something uh, that 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 is important and, and to keep talking to them and, and to go beyond just talking about it and say, well, let's actually do something about it. That is absolutely priceless. And those are the kind of people that will make community energy more uh, relevant to a much wider group of people. Spot on. Um, so we're, we're, we're just about to enter the, um, where we ask anybody in the audience if they've got any questions. I've got a couple 
of questions that people provided beforehand um, that we can go to. But if, if anybody wants to come off mute now and ask any questions of the panelists, now's your opportunity. Doesn't look like anybody's brave enough today to jump in with a question. That's cool. No worries. So is it there was a couple of questions that people sent me beforehand. Um, one of which was, what do we think community energy will look like in 2030? Um, Connie, what 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 do you think? Oh, yeah, 2030 is this this magical year which we're expecting to be, you know, net zero and everything will, will be great again. <laughs> um, I think it it is honestly going to depend on the support from you know from top down over the next year two years three years um i mean ideally it'd be great if community energy was um you know most people knew about it there were tariffs where people were getting their um you know that their energy from locally generated projects you know things like the local electricity bill went through um uh, unity is a as a, a venture from i think it's co-op energy and octopus and they buy from community energy groups as well so more of that would be great um yeah obviously like you know schools and churches and and all these sort of community buildings actively being able to reach out to community energy groups and then just work with them um i'm just trying to think because yeah that, there's so much that it would be great if it it's just all dependent on the next few years i think and what's going to be available and and, and happen yeah. and how much the government wants to you know really meet this this 40 gig generation target yeah absolutely you know just i'm just going to add i think um community energy england have got some you know their own 2030 vision as well and you know they want a couple of million houses to get power through community energy but i think um one thing i was just going to add is what i think needs to happen between now and 2030 is Taking the Ripple example that, that Phil's talked about, great business idea, great business model, but it's only accessible to people who've got some upfront capital. Um, I think there needs to be a way to try and square that circle where those who are on lower incomes somehow, some way, can benefit from community energy type projects. Um, quite exactly how, how that happens, I don't know, but that's something that needs to happen because those who are most at risk from you know climate change are always those who are on the lowest of incomes. Um, so uh, somehow in the next, you know, eight years, my God, it's not even that, is it seven and a half years to 2030? Yeah. I, I really hope we can try and square that circle because otherwise the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Phil, we've just had a question in from Carl. Um, are you able to pick that up? Yeah, I, th I think we've, we've been saying for some years that we were approaching what we call the energy trilemma where there would be a, a crisis, a triple crisis of energy affordability, energy security, and, you know, and climate change. And I think in the last few months, you know, we, we, we've, energy security has become more of an issue because of, of, of Ukraine. And, uh, affordability, um, we, we all know about, and, and the climate emergency we all know about. Um, so I think what that means is that, you know, for some, some people, think what's on the front of their mind is climate change. For some people, it's about affordability. For some, some people, it's about energy security. But I think the combination of that is that 
yes, there are more there are more people thinking we need to do something about this. Um, and, and it's different for, for every individual, but it, it, that combination means it's more likely that somebody for somebody to say, yes, we need to do something about it. Um, and I think in terms of what community energy will look like in 2030, you know, I, I, I agree with Connie. Um, the, the, I also think that I think it's one thing that I think will happen and we need to acknowledge and think about is that some of the smaller community energy groups um, might merge into larger ones. I, th I think there will be a wave, as there have been with, for example, credit unions. Um, I think there will be a wave of mergers. And, uh, and I think that we should be proactive about that um, and not let organisations go to the wall. Mm. Um, I also think there is the opportunity for community energy to, to grow by acquiring assets, existing assets from other people um so you know we 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 can and should you know we can have partnerships with the private sector that is controversial for some people um but part of that might mean rescuing existing renewable energy assets and using that to grow our asset base which makes it easier for us to develop new projects and to, to spread the risk of, of developing new projects um but yeah i think certainly we need to build upon you know uh, good models like like ripple but but certainly where there are neighbor, you know, um, districts or borough-wide initiatives uh, in places like Croydon or Birmingham, then, then they need to, to scale up. Um, and we need more neighbourhood-based projects like, um, like the one that I talked about in, in Summerfield in Birmingham. I've definitely seen it. We've definitely had an, uh, an uptake in people getting in touch and, and wanting to, to volunteer time as well. So, yeah. Cool. Thank you. So, so listen, everyone, we've reached the end of today's webinar. Um, so I just want to thank uh, Connie, Phil and Andy for your time today and the, the prep that you put into it and obviously getting people um, really interested in, in community energy. Uh, I suppose what I'd ask is if, if anybody that's attended today, go take a look at um, some of the, the websites and the organisations that, that Connie, Phil and Andy have mentioned um, and if you've got some time to spare, just just see 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 what you can do, see what you can do to get involved, um, and 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 see if if you can sort of pay something back and and get involved in in some way, shape or form. And yeah, I'm just going to say on that on that point, Ian, and um, not to put words too much in Phil and Connie's mouths, but for instance, when Connie was looking to set up Community Energy Croydon, you know, Phil helped her out, and I think that's there's a great community because everyone is fighting for the same things they've all got the same visions and goals the community is awesome in trying to help one another as well so if anybody listening um is thinking about it i'm sure connie and phil would be you know more than happy to you know lend an ear and provide some help as well so yeah Definitely. absolutely and i know um connie in recent times has been speaking with with community energy people in new zealand to similarly offer offer support there because they're on a, a, a very different journey quite quite early on in, in what they're doing and, and how she's been passing that so it's a it's definitely a circle of, of sort of sharing actually isn't it so um, thank you for everybody that attended today obviously we'll be recording uh, today's session um, and please check out uh, the other events that uh, Green Infrastructure Week has on this week uh, but equally Future Leaders Mentoring we do loads of different things uh, to help people 
you know, whether it's the utilities industry or other industries as well. So it would be silly for me not to mention and go take a look at us. So futureleadersmentoring.com. If you want to get involved in some way, either mentoring people or um, finding a mentor, it's all completely free. We don't don't ever charge for our, our mentoring services. So, so look to get involved or check out our, our podcast as well, where we talk about lots of different things, whether it be mental health, or neurodiversity or diversity and inclusion or indeed energy and we have quite a few different energy topics on there also so uh, go check us out so um apart from that thanks for everybody for attending today and um yeah we'll speak to you again soon thanks everybody thank you bye, bye.